365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental health challenges to encourage you to thrive, strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Today, we have a special guest here with you. Today, we have Dr. Lauren N. Penn. She's a chiropractor, inspirational speaker, health practitioner, and a charismatic and impactful community leader who is building and thriving, who's building a thriving chiropractic practice in the Colorado Springs area. She brings more than 30 years of hands-on diagnostic treatment and holistic health care experience to her practice. She's truly um, an amazing woman, and we're going to learn more about her today. So for all you out there, I'd like to welcome Dr. Lauren N. Penn. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, thank you very much for coming on the show today. So I hope I got your intro right. That was beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So you are a chiropractor. I am. And, um, so tell me, how long have you been doing that? How long have you been in that field? I graduated from chiropractic school in 2017. So oh. I've been um, a chiropractor since for three years. Prior to that, I worked in surgery for almost 30 years. Wow. Yeah. So I've had a little bit of experience of being in the medical field and working with doctors on a daily basis. That's good. That's good. So you are definitely well aware of the healthcare field and um, you've been really well versed in that, which is amazing. Awesome. So we're going to go straight into um, the interview. We're just going to, okay. we're going to just dive right in. All so, right. All right. So the first question I have for you is what is, or was your mental health diagnosis and when were you diagnosed? Uh, in 2013, I went to go get tested for PTSD, mm. but prior to that, I lived for 13 years being diagnosed with being bipolar. Ah, I see. And so, um, just off and on people put their, gave me their opinion about my personality and they and they had told me forever, oh, you're bipolar, you're bipolar, you're bipolar. And I had lived for 13 years with people saying that to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's just crazy, you know, what words do, like the power of them. And it's, yeah. like, it's almost like they're speaking things into existence, which is- Exactly. Kind of, it's kind of sad, but- um, I understand what it is to be bipolar because I also live with bipolar disorder, bipolar mm -hmm. one. So, but sometimes people use the word out of context. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can I tell you? you know yes. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're bipolar. So because you're, you're, or you're acting bipolar or like, yes. like yes. that. It, it's, 
it's very um, offensive in a sense, you know? It's absolutely, it's absolutely offensive. And I know for myself, I, the first time somebody said that to me, I went to a psychologist to learn, to figure out why I was having so many problems with passing organic chem, because I wanted to be, I wanted to be a chemical engineer. That's what I wanted to go to school. Okay. And I was, I did excellent, like in all the calc classes and the math classes, there was one I didn't do so well in, but I kept failing this class over and over and over. And I was just like, why do I, I'm smart enough to know how to do the work. How come I can't ask this class? Right. And when I went to the psychologist, he, and he, he said, he's like, you're highly intelligent. And I was like, exactly. So how come I can't pass this class? Mm-hmm. And then in his assessment, he said, you know, are you bipolar? And he, I mean, he didn't ask me was I bipolar. He just asked me questions that led up to that being bipolar. And at the end of his assessment, he did discuss with me, um, he did discuss with me some problems I had with learning. And so I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I I already had dyslexia. I already knew I had dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, and you're bipolar. And I'm like, wow, okay. Um, I didn't see that coming. I didn't buy into what he was saying because I was functional. Yes, yes. I went to work. I held down a job. I was a mother. I wasn't on any medications. I can make it and be in life and go through life. And and I thought, I'm not that. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I had my menstrual cycle, my attitude was like really, I mean, I had severe mood swings, but I didn't have like menstrual cycle problems. Like I wasn't skipping any, mine was regular. It showed up like clockwork. And I was like, what is this, you know, but I would get like really angry and really mean and, or I'd get really depressed. And so I was by several OBGYNs, they would say, we can put you on a time release Prozac. I was like, I don't want that. (laughs) So for 13 years, I literally went through a period where people kept saying I was bipolar. Mm -hmm. When my son was 17, he had asthma. We took him to a chiropractor. I was seeing that chiropractor as a, as a patient as well. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you know, that you have a low thyroid problem. Hmm. I was like, yeah, I know that. I had been told that before. Right. The next thing he said changed my life though. He said, you have no adrenal function. Okay. And I was like, well, what does that mean? He says, you stay in fight and flight. Like you never get a rest period. Your adrenals are always going. You're always like, you're always ready. Right. That when you put those two conditions side by side, you look bipolar. Yes. And I was like, what? I had never heard that before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so he basically said, you're not bipolar. You have a nutritional deficit. Wow. 
And I was like, what? He started treating me chiropractically. He adjusted me. He gave me some supplements. I was on supplements for a few months and my personality stopped having those mood swings. Hmm. My thyroid got fixed. My adrenals went back to how my adrenal function started working regularly. And the only thing I really did have was PTSD. Interesting. That's crazy. And I was like, that is so, so I had said, this is the kind of doctor that I want to be. I want to help people with the least amount of invasiveness Yes, that they can actually get well mm-hmm. and not be, you know, sometimes mental people with mental conditions, they do need drugs and yes. I'm not against that. Right, right. But I read a book this year called The Great Pretender. And it was about a lady who was diagnosed being schizophrenic, but she wasn't schizophrenic. She actually had a neurological disorder. Mm. And so I was like, that is so crazy. One of the last things that people do is they forget to check the... um, they forget to check to see if a person has a nutritional deficit. They don't run labs or they don't run CAT scans or PET scans and they, they forget the actual medical side, but you can't separate the medical side from the, the mental side from the medical side. Right. You have to rule out all of those things and then rule in some things. And so she found the lady in the book, The Great Pretender, she found another a person. She met a person who had the same thing she had, mm-hmm. but they got their problem resolved. And then after they got their problem resolved, the she was able to tell this other lady, you need to get checked out by like a neurologist and, and figure out and, and see. And so when she went, she was like, I was on all this mental medication because people thought I was schizophrenic. They thought that I, I had all these mental diseases when in fact I didn't. Hmm. And I was like, this is so crazy. And I see it all the time. I see it with women more often. And um, Edgar Allan Poe has a, a, a book called like Dr. Uh, Feathertail and, and something else. I can't quite remember the name of it, but it's about a, it's about a, um, it's about an insane asylum and the patients end up becoming the doctors in the insane asylum. And then they, they kind of overrule the insane asylum and put the physicians away. It's really funny. You know, Poe has a very interesting viewpoint on how he, he defines poetic justice, right? Right. One thing that the, even the crazy patients were saying was they don't look at the person they just look at all the symptomology and that's kind of what we're falling into today. We're just looking at symptomology, but we're not really finding out for me, 13 years, I was a single parent. I worked two jobs. I went to school. I um, was a business owner. I was a landlady. I developed a business. So my adrenals were always at a hundred percent. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And so if we're not really looking, if we're not really looking to see 
what that person's lifestyle is like, what the other testing is. And we're like, you know what? I'm having these mood swings. And they're like, oh, you have mood swings. You're bipolar. If you're hormonally imbalanced, you will look like you have a mental disease. If you lack vitamin D, you will look like you have a mental disease. Mm-hmm. And so you can be misdiagnosed. Wow. Wow. It's sad because I mean, um, doctors have so much power when it comes to making diagnoses about whatever they think a client may have, a patient may have. Exactly. And it's very subjective. Um, the fi- you know, the DSM-5, is, it's very subjective as to how they even come up with who has a mental illness and who doesn't. Exactly. And, and the thing is, once you get diagnosed, it's, it's, it's like- it stays, in your, it stays in your record. Yeah, it stays in your record and it's like you're labeled for life. Yes, you, one can reverse that by uh, getting re-examined. Getting re-examined. You can rebuttal it and you can get it re-examined. And if in the rebuttal, you show that you have uh, proof that says that you're not, I was, I had a hormonal imbalance. I went to endocrinologist and they began resolving those issues. Then your problems go, that can be removed from your file or it can be amended in your file. You can, uh, you're, your medical record can always be amended, but you have to chase it. Okay, understood. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does, that does. So uh, maybe I'll go to the next question. So tell us, what is your mental health story of resilience? How did you overcome? What did you have to do to bounce back from all those 13 years of being labeled as bipolar? And then you also, now you have PTSD. And how did you bounce back? And how did you get I- to date? Well, for the 13 years, I just said no. <laughs> like Nancy Reagan says, just say no. This is your brain and this is your brain on drugs. I just said no. I was like, I don't want those drugs. I don't want to take those drugs. I don't, I don't want that for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on Prozac. I mean, I worked with a bunch of ladies who were on all these um, Prozac and all the, the mood changing um, SSR drugs that would help them with their problem Mm -hmm. and it didn't work and I was like well those people I've seen 20 years of this this, those drugs never worked so exercise I did some food elimination from my diet and I kept saying no until I found the answer I believed that there was a better answer and I took vitamins I took vitamin b I took different vitamins I took um uh, different supplements that would help me with my mood Exercise always helped me with my mood. And I just said no until I found the answer. When I found Dr. Artis and he told me that about myself, I was like, this is an answer that my soul feels better with. Mm -hmm. This is where I feel, uh, this makes sense to me. The other things didn't make sense to me because there there was nothing that happened to me to make me shift and be someone else or shift and have two personalities. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? Yes. Because if you're bipolar, you have to have two of you. Yeah. The depression. And there was only yeah. one of these. <laughs> right, right. So um, what was I going to ask the next question? 
Uh, resilience, resilience. So tell us more about the PTSD. What, what type of trauma did you have to go through in order to be diagnosed with uh, PTSD? I was sexually assaulted in the military. So you were in the military? I was a soldier. Wow. How many years were you a soldier? Five years. Five years. Wow. Yes. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And, and I went from, um, I went from being in this really intimate group of soldiers that we were a dispatch to being attached to another group of people to another battalion. And the predator was a married man hmm. who was very nice, had his own family and he, um, and he assaulted me when I was in the field. And I had a crisis of belief in who God was and grew very, it ne wasn't necessarily the sexual assault that, that I was really angry about. Although I did, I was like, what's this guy's problem? But not having a support group will really mess your mind up not having a shoulder to cry on, a friend to turn to, somebody to encourage you. When I was in the military, I went and saw a psychologist and he told me to journal and that was at one meeting. And he said, journal, you'll be fine. Good. That was it. Well, that was my treatment. Wonderful mm -hmm. advice from yep. the doctor. Yeah, that was my treatment. But I promise you from that point on, it, my life digressed and when it digressed, I turned into a, I could have been bipolar. I turned into a different person. I understood how to manage a workload. And then I created another personality for me to um, be able to exploit my exploits. Okay. And, I, and I did that for a really, really long time. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit told me I was gonna be a doctor. He mm -hmm. said, not a doctor, a healer. Oh, I like that. That I, that I put, that life away because I was like people can't come see me and know that Dr. Penn is living this like <laughs> you know double life and I was I was living a double life for a really long time until until I up until the maybe a year or two before I went to chiropractic school okay okay but I started compartmentalizing my personalities. I had a protector like every person has who has multiple disorder multiple personality disorders. I mean I I was androgynous, so I wasn't really attracting men, but at the same time, I became a predator looking for men to um, do whatever exploits I wanted to do because I wanted to take my power back. Yes. Um, I had a pseudoname and I lived under that pseudoname for a really long time. Um, I, um, I had the worker, like I had the sensible person, like this is the personality that has to show up at work, at church, at social events, at family events, that everybody knows this person. So yeah. I had within myself several personalities that I would be able to cope with living life. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. I didn't have multiple personality disorders. I was just like, I have to put these people in separate boxes. <laughs> that I could live. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing that I used for PTSD, I mean, same thing I used when I was quote unquote bipolar, I used for PTSD. And then um, when I went to chiropractic school, 
my whole life changed because I worked in a very um, hostile work environment as an OR tech. It was hostile for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and being in 27 years of that, I compartmentalized for a really long time, a lot of things. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then when I went to chiropractic school, I had to come out of that. And it took, it took a group of people to put me back together. Just like if it, from the day that that occurrence happened, a group of people could have put me back together. All of my friends in the military had been deployed and the, the, where I was stationed was being broken down and people were going to other places. So I had nobody to cover me. Yeah, wow. But when I got to chiropractic school, just the reverse happened. I was, um, I had to detox from being in such a hostile environment and lose that shield that I put around myself. And then I had to, um, and then I had these friends, I had these people God sent me. I knew that God sent them to me because before I met them, he told me he was going to send them. That's amazing. I love that. And then they covered me because people thought I was crazy at school and I was lofty. I was crazy. My ideology was, you know, I challenged the teacher. Some of the teachers didn't like me. Um, it, it, it was a lot of things in school, you know, and this is higher education. Mm-hmm. And so those people put me back together. I got a time, what I call adult respite care to not have to work. Think about, um, work, you know, just think about being in a crazy, un, um, healthy environment and I could learn and restore myself. And I did see the school psychologist when I was um, attending chiropractic school because I had some mental blocks that I needed to overcome to be a better healer. Okay, amazing. Wow. So I guess you did mention, so my next question is, what did you have to do to overcome or bounce back from your low points? So list all the resources, but I, you did mention um, you had a support group with, um, within your, um, your circle, your new circle. I did. And that's so important. Having that support group, um, it's a, it's a big thing that many people, they, they don't have. They miss it. Yeah, they miss it. And I talk about that in my, what doctors don't tell you about chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, uh, a ebook that I'm going to put out, but it's also going to be, um, a place where, you know, people want to call me and, and, and get some clarification and they could set up times to do a consultation on that. I explain what chronic, how to heal yourself from chronic pain or how to, how to live a sustainable life with chronic pain. Um, but for me, I prayed a lot. I cried a lot on the floor. The floor and I became very intimate. I cried a lot there. I prayed a lot there. And I also, um, music I have in my house, it says music is the medicine of the soul. A friend of mine made that for me to put over my piano. But music, I grew up on music. Uh, When it came to studying, and if I couldn't study, I had to turn music on that. They call it white noise. And music really got me through a lot of things. Um, I'm a Stevie Wonder fan. Oh, love him. Songs in the key of life. You could be on a deserted island. That's got to be on your list, right? Songs of the Key of Life. And so a lot of, a lot as, you know, okay. You know, I'm just saying, you know, it's TV Wonder, hey. Yeah, um, totally. 
but gospel music always because I always go back to my creator and I ask him, you make this clay. How does this clay begin to work its way through the situation that on the other side of it, I will be pure as gold. You know, this is the clay. You are the potter. What is this mess? <laughs> right, right. Wow, amazing. So I have another question for you. I'm going to come back to you about that music question. Okay. Um, so um, what are three things that you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point? At my lowest point, I wish I had a team. Yes. yes. I did. I, when I looked at all the other things, I wish I had a team. I don't know if counseling then would have been really great for me, but I wish I had a team and a team that loved me. Yeah. Not just a team of doctors who would give me medicine or, you know, all those things. Like I needed people to love me in a way that would restore me because physical intimacy is an invitation. Hmm. And when somebody invades your invitation, you need to be restored with love. Yes. Because if you don't get that love right away, then your, your search or quest or your dismissiveness of intimacy becomes really askewed. Okay. And you're not looking for love. You're looking for vengeance or you're looking for restoration in a situation that's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the journey that I went on. And then I just became really, um, I became really crazy. Like I was just like, real. I was really crazy. I'm not going to go into all the details of my craziness, but I promise you, I was really crazy. And then I'd show up at work like a regular person, you know, and it was really funny because when I was in the military, people thought I was a lesbian. Oh, really? Oh yeah. I got that a lot, but I was like, and my friend would say, no, 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 Penn's not a lesbian. <laughs> and I do know that for a fact. And so just your identification of who you are begins to change. And that's what happened for me. I went from being a very intellectual, happy person. I had my own regimen to being somebody who was, I was miserable. I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. And, and from the moment that the guy took from a part of me without an invitation I was suicidal for a really long time yeah. when life got really hard I wanted to kill myself definitely so a team and love would have been the two greatest things that I could have had I couldn't think of a third one those are the two that I really needed yeah I can understand I can definitely identify with that because um when you suffer with a mental illness, it can be very lonely um, because you're so misunderstood because people don't know how to deal with the unknown. And um, because of that, um, you know, people would rather, you know, resist you, actually, you know, it's kind of avoid you. They do. Yeah, because they don't know what's exactly what to do. So what can you do? Um, what was in, so I'll go to my next question. So what words of hope can you offer to our listeners? Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my scriptures. Okay. Uh, now I'm not a, I'm not such a great Bible thumper that I can tell you where to find them. 
but I know this one is in Google the, the main words. Exactly. <laughs> you are fearfully and wonderfully created. Yes, I love that one. I knew you in the, in the secret place in your mother's womb before there was the axis of the world I created you. Amazing. Those are beautiful. My other one is um, Hebrew 11. Okay. One. Now, it says now. So there was a before, but now faith is. The substance. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Right. And, and I'm like, okay. So through this, if you created me, if you be the potter and I be the clay and you created me and you knew me before there was, the, the world had an access, like in Greek mythology, you see that Atlas holds the world on his back and you knew me before then, mm -hmm. then this too shall have a path. This too shall end and have a path. That's right. You know? And right. there should be on the other side, greater things for me. Mm -hmm. And that when I look at Joseph and all that Joseph went through, I think, when Jesus says there is no temptation that has not been beset before man, this is all these things are common to man. This too is common to man. You have something, there's a reason why I have this testimony. Now it's up to me to figure out why this is my journey. Right. Wow. Amazing. So those are the things, even in the bellows of pain and depression and being misconceived, uh, misconceptions of what people would think about me. There's still something out there that is greater that I seek for because I have a purpose and I have a destiny. If I would have stopped, if I would have killed myself, yeah. the people that I help in my practice today wouldn't have gotten my help. Exactly. This is what, this is what I was created to do. Right. I was created to help these people. I was created for this moment, for this time, for such a time as this, like Esther says, right? For such a time as this where you created. Hmm. You know? And even in your bellow of sorrow, just like David, when he was at Ziglag and his men were against him and Saul was against him, you have to dig deep and encourage yourself. Yeah. And that is the word that swarmed on the inside of me that made me work through the low point mm -hmm. because sometimes we take depression and we're saying we're depressed and we make it terminal yes but sometimes you have to get to the low place just like the valley so that you can get to the mountaintop the mountain is pretty but there's no air up there and the valley is a, a low place but it's pretty there right and so we go between the valley and we go between the mountain all the time. Yes, yes. So that we can find the muster seeds of faith, those those high moments, those low moments that shape us into who we were created to be. Mm -hmm. Wow, amazing. Well, thank you very much. So with that said, we're gonna switch over back to what we were talking about early. You talked about music being something that helped you. So oh, yeah. As I, as I do, um, I wrote a book about um, music, music's in, uh, impact on my life. Oh yeah. Um, called The Music of My Life. And basically we talk about, on this part of the show, we talk about music therapy. 
and mm -hmm. how it actually helps you with your mental health. So we know that you love Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, he's my man. We know that you love gospel. I do love gospel. So <laughs> my question to you is if you were to think of a song that best describes your journey, what would it be and why? My journey. Oh, I read that question wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that's not, so we, I did the pre-questions, but now that I'm thinking of it, I know everybody's a Kanye hate, hater right now. But I, I love the song by Kanye West and it's Welcome to the Good Life, right? Okay, okay, okay. You know, you know because I'm like, after you, after you've done all of that, yes. right? After you've been through all of that and you have overcome, that's what you get to. Yes, the good life. The good life. All Welcome right. to the good life. Okay. I would say that best describes my journey because I've been somewhere. Yes. And I've been through some things. Right. And I suffered. Mm -hmm. And I had joy. Okay. And I had pain. Right. No. And now I'm at the good life. The good life. I love it. And the good life doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard. There won't be more suffering or, or, but the good life just means you became an overcomer. Yeah. You know, Kurt Franklin has a song, we're overcomers, right? Right. Right. And I'm like, I, I am an overcomer by the, you know, those are the songs that I'm listening to. I know it may seem like a divergent dichotomy, but music is for the soul. Yeah. It plays keys that the soul and heart just, you know, desires and needs to express is just, music is just, uh, I love it. Absolutely. I could, I could literally be in a very horrible mood. I could be in the horriblest of horrible moods. And you know, when, when I'm with my significant and I'm like, I don't want to hate you at this moment, please just put on some good music. <laughs> my attitude instantly, my attitude, it just... I'm like, okay, we good. Yeah, we're good. All right. You know, and it washes all, it washes a lot of the cares away. And it really, I mean, we look at Lucifer and we understand that people call him Satan and call him the devil. And he was a fallen angel and he was all of that. But Lucifer was an orchestra within himself. Right. Which which gave him the God complex and no, he is not God. But when we, when we understand what music can do for the soul, it could, that's why we have worship and praise to break up the follow ground. But if we listen to, if we listen to follow music, it builds a follow ground. So you, so you have to be able to listen to something that is uplifting, that inspires the soul so that you can be, you can break up the follow ground in your life and you can celebrate all that is before us. Mm -hmm. It's so true. I mean, when the thing about music, it just changes the atmosphere. Music oh. change any atmosphere. Oh. I mean, and that's why you got to be so careful the type of music you listen to because Absolutely. you could be in a, the best of moods and listen to a song that's about death and hate and anger and pain and your attitude, the atmosphere, everything around you would just change. However, you can be in the worst of moods and you can just basically um you know what i'm saying so with that said i'd like to know how can we stay in touch with you what are your social media handles i'm on facebook you can find me at pinpoint chiropractic and wellness 
Okay. I'm on LinkedIn as Dr. Penn, Dr. Lauren N. Penn. I am on um, Instagram as Pinpoint Chiropractic and Wellness as well. Pinpoint Cairo, I believe, um, as well. Perfect. So we're going to end this off. And to all you resilient minds out there. So first, we're going to thank Dr. Penn for taking this time to come on our show. And to all you resilient minds out there, until next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms. And don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also join the community of Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at www.cleonicrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life, and 30 Plus One Resilient Stories to get to know me better. If you can think of one person that can receive value from tonight, today's show or connect with Dr. Penn's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. Um, you can tag myself at only Cleone or Resilient Minds 365 and today's guests at the place of, at what she has listed. I will, I will be putting them under the show notes so you can find her. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your mental illness, you can strive, you can thrive, and you can live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off. Thank you.